This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Some Dalvin Cook. Um, as Robert Sala alluded to, the physical. So uh, they've got to check out his shoulder. But as we know, and we just heard from uh, from Rich Samini, that, uh, you know, Rogers worked out a deal and uh, left $35 million on the table uh, so that the Jets can go out and, and make some, some money moves and bring them some players. And Dalvin Cook being one of them, even though we're hearing that Brees Hall's, you know, running 23 miles an hour. Um, but as uh, Rich Samini uh, pointed out, you know, that's, that's north and south. Uh, really, when, when you have an ACL reconstruction and you're dealing with a knee issue, uh, really, you know, where you really test it out is is when you're pivoting, you're stopping on a dime, you're trying to make moves, as we see running backs do time and time again. And um, and, and that's where really uh, you, you really have to evaluate uh, the, the progression of Brees Hall coming off of that uh, that ACL reconstruction. So there's that. Um so really quick, uh, Mets and Nationals still no score, top of the fourth. Max Scherzer is still in. He's only given up two hits. He's got five strikeouts. So there's that. And uh, and I want to say the Yankees game just got back. Uh, it's it's just uh, hopefully it's it's it was scheduled to start up again at eight oh five. So it's eight oh six. Uh, I will keep you posted. I know a lot of excitement right now surrounding Aaron Judge, the fact that he's off the IL, and this is his first game back since um, since June 3rd. So uh, we'll keep you posted throughout the show. Me, Julian, and, um, and Chantel, we collectively have put $50 down on Aaron Judge hitting a home run tonight, which uh, you probably can still get in on that action if you want to at plus 235. So, um, so for every $100 down that you put down, uh, you win $235 back. If Aaron Judge hits a home run tonight, his debut, his first game back. Apparently, I, wanna read, I, I read that uh, in, in the simulated game uh, that, uh, that he had uh, prior to him coming off the IL, I want to say he, he, he hit a home run, if, if I read that correctly. So, um, you know, prior to him going on the, uh, the IL, he had 19 home runs, 40 RBIs, and he was batting 291. So we'll see what happens tonight, but but always fun to be rooting for Aaron Judge, and, and, and we'll see how that plays out. Okay, um, a few things. Number one, let's start with the first question. Uh, the, the caller just called, and it was really, I mean, it really is an interesting question to ask, right? Like, uh, Jets fans, are you now happy that the Jets did not draft Justin Fields over Zach Wilson? Because if Justin Fields was here, then... Uh, would Aaron Rodgers be here? And and chances are he would not be, right? Uh, but full disclosure, I'm not a Justin Fields fan. So um, for me, the quarterback has to throw the ball, and, and he has to throw the ball well. And I haven't seen Justin Fields do that yet. And I don't know if he's going to do that this season either. Don't get me wrong. Phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, fun to watch him play the quarterback position in, in Chicago. Um, do I want him on my fantasy football team? Absolutely. Is he going to put up great numbers for me in fantasy football? Yes. Is he going to help the Bears win a championship? I think not. So uh, not a fan of Justin Fields. Did not feel that the Jets should have drafted Justin Fields. Certainly did not think the Jets should have drafted Zach Wilson. And we'll see. You know, that's how it, it, it has turned out. 
the one quarterback that I would have liked the Jets to sign was Mac Jones, and uh, chances are that you know that he they wouldn't have had to get him. Uh, where of course they drafted Zach Wilson, and and we saw where the Patriots were able to draft Mac Mac Jones, which I think Mac Jones and the Patriots are going to surprise some folks this season now that Bill O'Brien is back in action as the offensive coordinator. Time will tell. I could be right. I could be wrong. But uh, I was really big on Mac Jones coming out of that draft more so than Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. So there's that. Um, I was I was not one of uh, the media out there saying that the giant that Giants that the Jets should have ja- drafted Justin Ta- Justin Fields. So uh, that was not in my wheelhouse. So glad that the Jets did not draft Justin Fields. Uh, disappointed that they did draft Zach Wilson, but. You know, I'm a true believer. Everything happens for a reason. And um, and the Jets are where they are right now. And Aaron Rodgers is here. And he was kind enough because of all that the Jets gave up for him. He was kind enough to work out his deal. And uh, as uh, Rich Samini pointed out, pretty amazing uh, that he has put back $35 million. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has made a ton of money. We know that. It's still $35 million is a lot of freaking money. But, um you know, you've got to if 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 you're Aaron Rodgers and you want you've come to the Jets to to try to win another Super Bowl and you feel that that this team um, has what it takes right now the components you just need to fine tune. Um, so, you know, is 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 winning a Super Bowl worth thirty five million dollars for Aaron Rodgers? I would believe it is, especially for a guy who's made as much money as he has in his lifetime. So. You know, it's 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 amazing that Aaron Rodgers has given back this money, but he's given back the money. It's kind of similar to what we saw Tom Brady do uh, time and time again. But Tom Brady didn't necessarily give back money to the Patriots. Tom Brady just allowed the Patriots to maneuver his money and back-ended his money so that they could move money around more easily to get the players in place that would help Tom Brady and the Patriots win Super Bowls. So it's not like, it's a little different. You know, this is $35 million that Aaron Rodgers has said, all right, um, you know, I'm willing to eat the $35 million. Uh, let's rework the deal so that we can get some, some other players in here to help us out. Now, I personally wish that they would spend that money on offensive linemen. But again, you know, tackles are few and far between and teams aren't going to give up tackles. They're just not. And that's where I, I think that there is some, some really big concerns. And again, we had uh, Rich Samini on earlier at seven 30 and, and he alluded to Makai Becton who's come in and he's in really good shape, but um, that right knee is acting up. If you go back a few months ago, Makai Becton came out and said, that he felt that the reason that he was having some issues with his right knee is because he's being forced to play right tackle. He doesn't want to play right tackle. I understand right tackles don't make as much money as left tackles. Left tackles are your quote unquote blind side. Um, Those are supposed to be your premier linemen. It's where your best linemen, where your most athletic linemen go to, uh, to thrive and, and, and make money. Hence what we saw would happen with uh, with the Giants and Andrew Thomas uh, just this week. But nonetheless, uh, I've got some major concerns in regards to the offensive line.
So there's that. All right, this is what we're going to do. 800-919-3776. Uh, we get back. I'm going to, I'm, let's go through the AFC. I'm, I'm going to do the AFC and then the NFC as opposed to just the, the, the NFL as a whole. And let's bring you up to speed on, on some of the, uh, the injury notes out there. I know camps just started, but Cincinnati Bengals have some concerns. The Miami Dolphins have some concerns on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so we get back, we'll, we'll take a look at the AFC. We'll take a look at the NFC. We'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll, we'll, we'll go through it. And of course, Jordan Renan is going to be joining us at eight 30 this evening, uh, to give us an update on what's going on with, uh, with the Giants, Saquon Barkley in camp. Um, and, um, and, and, and just more insight in regards to how that all played out. And also I, I'm curious, I'm, I'm going to ask Jordan Renan, you know, what, what, what is he anticipating the role for Saquon Barkley this season? I am not expecting Saquon Barkley to have the same role as he did last season because now Daniel Jones is working with uh, a, an actual wide receiving core, like players that would actually start on other teams. So, um, and also I'm, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see how Darren Waller is going to be utilized in this offense by Brian Dable. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have Jordan Renan on, and we'll uh, we'll ask him all those questions. 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you. Still no score in either the Yankees-Orioles game. That is a rain delay. Uh, we'll keep you posted when that action gets started again. And uh, in no score in the Mets-Washington Nationals game either. Anita Marks in for Dan Grossa tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, I just I want to believe that the Mets do. <laughs> I, uh, let's go to Tommy in Long Island. Tommy, welcome in. Hi, Anita. Hi. Um, I talked to you a few times through the years. Um, I want to know why. Like, what happened to Sean Payton? And why is with the argument of that, um, the offensive coach and everything, what's going on with that? Um, well, uh, Tommy, thanks for the phone call. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's it's it's a pretty long explanation. So uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to shelf that. Okay, I'm going to shelf that. I, I'm I'm happy to get into the Sean Payton and and we actually we have the sound of his apology uh, that uh, that he spoke to the media today and it was very apologetic and kind of walking back the comments with Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm I'm happy to dive in. I'm happy to dive into that with you. Um, but we've got Jordan Renan who's going to be joining us momentarily. And also, I, I did want to get into, uh, we had a, a previous caller who called in and, and was curious, where do I rank the Jets now that the Cincinnati Bengals have Joe Burrow on the shelf? So so let, let's first and foremost, let's take a look at the AFC East. Um, I, I, whether the Jets have Dalvin Cook or not, I'm still not ready to put the Jets above the Buffalo Bills yet. I'm just not. So in the AFC East, I've got Buffalo one. I've got the Jets two. Um, I, I think Jalen Ramsey going down with this knee injury, I, I think is pretty significant for the Miami Dolphins on the defensive side of the ball. But more importantly uh, for the Miami Dolphins, a reason why I am fading them is I just, I've got some, some really uh, big concerns whether or not Tua could make it through the entire season healthy. Um, I, I think he is one concussion away of having a serious conversation about shutting, shutting it down for good. So, uh, and, and, you know, obviously I don't wish ill will on anyone. I I hope that he does stay healthy the remainder of the season. And I hope that he does do well and the dolphins thrive and, and, and they have a good season. I've just got some major concerns. And on top of that, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Patriots. They very well could end up as, you know, the last team in the AFC East, but I think, them going out and hiring Bill, Bill O'Brien and coming in and, and really giving Mac Jones a true offensive, offensive coordinator to work with. They've got a solid running game. They've got a top 10 offensive line. They've got a solid defense. I still think people are sleeping on Bill Belichick. I know people feel Bill uh, only had his success because he had Tom Brady. I beg to differ. Um, I think the AFC East is going to be a really, really competitive division, people. I really do. This is not going to be a walk in the park. Here's another thing to consider. When, when, when Aaron Rodgers was in the NFC North, and, and, and I use, I, I use this, this comparison with how I feel about Tom Brady, um, because many people feel that Tom Brady is, is, is the greatest of all time. Um, when you talk to coaches, they will tell you all that matters is winning your division. The six games that you have 
against your your opponents, if you win those six games, more than not, you you win your division and you're in. Okay? So the AFC East, when Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Patriots, was a poop show. The Bills stunk the majority of the time. The Dolphins stunk, and as we know, the Jets stunk. All the Patriots had to do was dominate the division, get into the postseason, and then it's a clean slate, it's a new day. And oh, by the way, if you win your division, you're hosting the first round of the playoffs. Let alone if you do well and you win your other games and now you're entering in, you know, at at 12 wins or 13 wins, chances are you, you might get a bye. So... Tom Brady had the luxury of playing in the AFC East when the other three remaining teams in the AFC East just stunk it up. And Aaron Rodgers had the same luxury, right? The Lions and the Bears have been god-awful for years. The majority of the years that Aaron Rodgers quarterbacked the Green Bay Packers. The Minnesota Vikings, okay, on and off, on and off, but not a powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination. Now, this is, a, this, is, this is a different animal. Let's be honest. This is a different animal for Aaron Rodgers in the division that he's playing in now. So, for me, I still have the Buffalo Bills ahead of the Jets. The AFC North, another really competitive division. Um, I really love the Cincinnati Bengals team. I was on Daily Wager yesterday. We had Stefania Bell on Daily Wager yesterday. You could watch it Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. on ESPN2. And she said she's got some major, based on the video that she saw and, and, and how the injury occurred for Joe Burrow, how he immediately fell to the ground, didn't want to put any more pressure on that calf, um, the fact that it was wrapped even prior to practice, he was having some issues with it, and, it, and, and the calf is something that could linger in regard to injuries um, throughout the season. It's a really, really big red flag for me. I'd, I'd like to hear more about this injury. I, I know that they said that he's going to be on the shelf for, uh, for quite a few weeks. <clears throat> Does that mean that he's going to be ready for regular season game one? Possibly not. But this is, not, no, this is nothing new to the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Um, coming into the 2021 season, uh, coming off of uh, really just destroying his knee, last year his, his appendix burst. Uh, and now this. I think I think in the AFC North, you really need to pay attention to what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. Always have a solid defense. Um, <coughs> you've got Lamar Jackson, who I think is sensational. And now you have Todd Munkin, who's going to be his offensive coordinator, who loves to pass the football. Odell Beckham Jr. is there. I love Flowers, who they drafted. Um, they have Andrews. They've got so many weapons now for Lamar Jackson to work with. <clears throat> and then I think the Cleveland Browns is a real wild card here. You got to expect Deshaun Watson to have a better season than he did last year. He was just god awful. They've got Nick Chubb, one of the best, if the not best running back in the NFL, you can argue, I, I think, uh, and make a, a solid case. Solid weapons. 
phenomenal defense. Zadarius Smith is there. Zadarius Smith and and Garrett and um uh Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson, right? Uh as their book in tackles. Are you kidding me? Um defensive ta- I mean Cleveland is a it, and and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be good. Kenny Pickett coming in his second year. I think you can argue the AFC North, the AFC in the AFC East, and I don't want to sleep on the West either. Um, outside of the Raiders, I think I think Denver and Sean Payton are going to be really good. Kansas City, of course, speaks for itself, and I think the Chargers are going to be phenomenal this year. If the Chargers' defense can stay healthy, um, I I really I, I think the Chargers are going to be a force to be worked. The the AFC is just so the AFC is so good. It's it's just unbelievable how great the AFC is compared to the NFC. It's it's night and day. It's really it's it's unbelievable. My dogs obviously agree with me. Um, the AFC South. To me, it's 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 Jacksonville, and everybody else by the wayside. Uh, I might be sleeping on the Tennessee Titans. I don't think I am. We'll see. I think Jacksonville runs away with that division. I'm not expecting much from the Colts. I'm not expecting much from the Texans. Um. So. Um. So I, I've I've got the Jets as the second best team in the AFC East. I would put, so obviously I have Buffalo above the Jets. I've got Baltimore above the Jets. I've got Cincinnati above the Jets. Uh, I've got Kansas City above the Jets. So what is that? One, two, three, four. So I've, I've got the Jets a top five team in the AFC. Jets top five team in the AFC. In regard to the NFC, uh, to me it's, it's, it's the Eagles and then everybody else. I think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Um, I think, I think you know, there's some people out there. It's very interesting. There are so many people that are really down on the Giants. Uh, there's a number of analysts out there who feel that the Giants are going to finish last in the NFC East behind the Washington Commanders. When we get back, Jordan Renan is going to join us. We'll see if he feels the same way. We'll talk Giants next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Uh, let's bring in Jordan Renan, who does a phenomenal job covering the Giants. Giants had an evening practice tonight, Jordan. Uh, anything outstanding that you saw that we should know about? I mean, you just Daniel Jones had a good day. He's having a strong start to camp, and man, Darren Waller stands out. Just they just got to keep that guy healthy, and he's a, he is a physical freak. He just he just looks different on the field than everybody else. And you can tell that there's a reason he's had success in this league. Uh, they keep him healthy. He's their number one receiver. He's the guy you want in fantasy. Valiant. Oh, uh, yeah, I've, I've already uh, – that ship has sailed, I, I'm, and, and I'm on it. In fact, I'm the captain. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there <laughs> with you. All right, uh, let's, let's clearly rewind. Health. Clearly, uh, clearly health is a huge thing there. I mean, but when he plays, if he's healthy, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in this offense. Um, let's rewind. Let's talk about Sa- – because a number of topics I want to dive into with you. Uh, let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Uh, I've had you on time and time again as, you know, his contract was, was you know, obviously the topic of conversation. And mm-hmm. we both said Giants have all the power. Giants have all the leverage. I, I didn't understand what him and his camp were trying to do. Um, right. Talk about, talk, talk about how, you know, this all went down. Especially I find it interesting after the running backs had their Zoom meeting – and, and, you know, their camaraderie, he then turns around after the Zoom meeting, signs the deal, and gets into camp, which I find really interesting. I'm curious if you know what happened on that Zoom call. But nonetheless, kind of uh, share with us the timeline and, and, and how it all unfolded. Yeah, obviously they didn't get the long-term deal done, right, by the deadline the previous Monday. And, you know, they were pretty close. My understanding is they were a couple million dollars off pretty much. Uh, and that's it. And the Giants did get up to the $22 million guaranteed, which is basically guaranteeing the two tags at least for him. And that was kind of the best he could get there. And he still turned that down, which to me is kind of curious. Uh, you know, because you just, the market is what the market is. Like, what would Saquon Barkley get? If he's on the open market, I mean, he's not getting like $14 million a year and getting two years guaranteed at 28 million. Like that deal to me 
just isn't out there for any running back these days. I'm sorry. Just just not. So I was surprised he didn't take it, and I was even more. So his plan was to, you know, give him hell, uh, not show up and make a decision later on, and he, he changed his mind and decided, you know what, let's take what we can get. After that Zoom meeting, I think my understanding is they came to the realization, basically, they didn't get anywhere, like that they were kind of screwed as a position for now at least, right? And so he said, you know what, I'm not doing anything. I don't think there's any benefit of dragging this along. I want to be with my teammates. I want to show up. Personally, I think that's kind of foolish because I would have fought like hell to make sure that they didn't have the franchise tag to use on him next year. Right, I would have given them as much grief as possible to try to get that taken off as a possibility. And number two, you see guys like Joe Burrow, you see guys like Jalen Ramsey, you know, going down. I, I can't believe Saquon Barkley would elect because he had a choice. He could have just not signed the tag. They couldn't find him to come in this early in camp, not at least stay home for a couple weeks, but. In the end, he wanted to be with his teammates. He likes that he's considered a team-first guy. He doesn't like the idea that he was being, in his mind, viewed as greedy throughout this. And he couldn't stomach basically the criticism and everything that would have came with, you know, not showing up to camp until later this summer. So here we are. He's back. Giants got what they wanted. They still have the tag next year. And uh, Anita, we're probably going to be doing the same dance this uh, next offseason. So, uh, just out of curiosity, do you think that he? Do you think that he just told his camp, like you know, his his two two agencies, screw it, like I- I'm going to do I'm going to do what I want to do, because I-, I I can't like knowing knowing how agents work, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine him, you know following the advice for all this time, trying to play hardball, we questioning, why are you doing this? You have no leverage. It doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden in the, in the 11th hour, be like, screw it. I'm, I'm showing up. Like, like I'm, I'd love to yeah, be a fly I on mean... the wall, right? I'd love to be a fly on the wall in regard to like how, how, how those conversations unfolded with him and his, in his not one, but two agents? Well, the Rock Nation part of it, uh, I do not believe was really negotiating much at the end. Uh, Joe Shane even said at the end that this agreement that they end up coming up with, he, he uh, talked about Ed Berry at CAA. So I think at some point, they, you know, about a month or two ago, they, they kind of took over where, where this was going. But still, yeah, I think that's what happened is they came up with a plan. They said, okay, our only leverage at this point is to not show up and make them nervous and have this hang over their camp. And, you know, how many people have done it before? And, you know, hundreds and hundreds of guys have not showed up to camp. It's not the biggest deal in the world, especially the first few weeks. Uh, but then he said he had an epiphany and he had an about face and he changed his mind. And in the end, the player is always the one making the final decision. The agents are just the advisors. They give advice of what they, they think that they should do, and they give, you know they negotiate for them for the most part. But the player has final say, and Saquon Barkley said 
you know, this was what was in his heart. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to be in training camp. He actually, you know, he likes playing football. That, that's a big thing with him. And this is what he always wanted to do. He did it as a kid for free. He wants to be on the football field. And uh, that's why he's here. I, I need a real quick. Remember Mike? You know who Mike Quick is? He was a wide receiver yeah. for the Eagles. Yeah. Mike Quick used to hold out every single year because he just didn't want to go to he just want to go to camp. Saquon right. Barkley, meanwhile, wanted to be in camp when he when the Giants didn't sign him long term. It's kind of head scratching a little bit. It is again. Jordan Manon joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. So, um, you know, all the drama, and then um, and then boom. It, uh, it, 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 it gets resolved, and as we know, Saquon Barkley is in camp. So with that being said, I know it's early. You've been out there. How does he look? Yeah, I mean, let's take Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's explosive. He's in good shape. He, I was actually surprised. They threw him right into the mix. I thought, you know, we would, he wasn't there in the spring. I thought they would take it easy on him. You know, you don't want to risk him getting hurt. Especially him on a one-year deal, that will not sit well with anybody. Uh, so I thought they would ease him in, but now full throttle. Looks like the usual Saquon Barkley that we saw last year, which is a good sign for the Giants. Him staying in shape is never, never a concern. He spent most of the offseason, by the way, working out in Arizona with the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Evo Samuel. You gotta love. You gotta love that. Now, here, here's. You, you mentioned Darren Waller. I, I've I've heard the same thing. Folks that have been out there that have seen Darren Waller practice, uh, they say that he's just, um, just a, a different, different form of player. Different form. Like he just stands out. Um, you know what? Coming into the season, how do you how do you anticipate Brian Dable utilizing him? Like like I don't. I'm not anticipating Dable utilizing him as a true tight end. Like, I don't see him blocking much. I see him being put all over the field. What, what, yeah. what do you, how do you, how do you envision Waller being utilized? I think that's fair. I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see Darren Waller uh, playing in the, all over the place, out wide in the spot, bunch, a lot of bunch formations. You, you know, it's something you've seen a lot during training camp is a lot of uh, two tight end formations for the Giants. So I think that's something you're going to see a lot of, where Daniel Bellinger will kind of play the role of, uh, you know, traditional type tight end, you know, more inline tight end. And Darren Waller is essentially going to be a receiver, whether they line him up in the slot over cornerbacks or anytime they can get him, obviously, out wide against an inside linebacker that's a matchups they're going to throw to every time and uh yeah i mean brian dibble's going to be creative with it remember so they didn't really use a tight end that much in buffalo and dable was there right it was that they just didn't have the, the personnel but brian dable did come from new england that's where he spent the majority of his career he was the tight end coach at one time right when they had rob gronkowski i believe at the time, they had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. So I see a lot of things that maybe they did back then making their way to the, the Giants over there in New England coming to what the Giants are doing here. Interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't anticipate the Giants to utilize Saquon Barkley 
the way that they utilized him last year, just because now, um, you know, you've got Daniel Jones working with more weapons. Obviously, we just said Darren Waller, if he could stay healthy. Just to get your thoughts on Paris Campbell. I'm expecting big things from him this season. Yeah. I think that he, the Giants really like Paris Campbell. I am actually expect him to be their primary slot receiver, at least to start the season. Like, I, I really do. I think he's going to play a lot. Uh, every day in practice, he's catching a whole bunch of balls. He's, you know, seeing a lot of targets. Now, granted, Wandale Robinson's on Pup, so is Sterling Shepard. Maybe they come back. I mean, obviously, Wandale will come back at some point. Uh, so, we'll see kind of where they go with that. But Paris Campbell at the beginning of the year is going to get a lot of burn. And I think they have big plans for him. He he looks like he's a player. He has really good speed. I think they're looking at him to make some big plays. There's a couple times where you saw him doing crossers over the middle. I think that's the kind of the kind of area you'll see him work most in, trying to get you know uh, for that mesh pick type play where you could spring him for some big plays across the middle of the field. So yeah, I'm actually most optimistic about him at wide receiver, probably over any of their other wide receivers in regards to numbers and fantasy and uh, production. But do you see then, do you, because there's going to be a lot more weapons and I'm curious to get your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt and what you've seen from him, yeah. but because now there's going to be more weapons in the passing game for Daniel Jones. Oh yeah. Do you see, do, how do you, how do you see Saquon's role changing? Yeah, this is the funny part about that, you know, up to close to a million dollars that Saquon can get in incentives. The reason I, I almost chuckle at it is because he basically would have to set a new career high. He would have to set a new career high in rushing to get that, right? He basically had to set new career highs in these, no, in these categories. He played 82% in the snaps last year. That's a gigantic number. He's probably not even going to play that much this year. And on top of that, they're going to pass the ball more. They're not just going to run the ball as much. So his usage is going to be down. His carries might be down. I, I don't see his numbers magically going up as a result. So I, that's why I kind of laugh at that part of it. So, yeah, I do think in a way you're going to see them evolve more into a passing team. They ran the ball last year as much as they did and slowed it down because they felt that's what they had to do. They didn't have a great offensive line. Their best player on offense was a running back and they had no weapons to throw to. They knew that. So that was – remember, think about Brian Dable in Buffalo. He threw it around the yard. He never ran the ball, right? So I think you're going to see them evolve into more the offense that they envision, and that will include less just pounding the ball and running Saquon because they had nothing else. They have options now. You know, Paris Campbell and – uh, Jalen Hyde's young, and you know who knows what he's actually going to contribute. He does have that speed; you can see that on the field. You know, Sterling Shepard, who knows Wondell Robinson, who knows. But at least they have NFL caliber receivers. Just think about you know last year they started Kenny Galladay; he was toast. They started Marcus Johnson, David Sills, uh, Richie James. I mean, they, there's four guys that they started games last year that aren't even on their roster this year. Uh, before we let you go, uh, real quick, uh, curious to get your thoughts in regard to what, what you know about this Giants roster. What do you know What you know about this uh, NFC East division? There, there, there's a number of analysts out there who feel that the Giants are going to finish last in this division, below Washington. 
Um, what? How well, confident are you? How confident are you with this team this season? Are you expecting some regression? Or do, I mean, you know, it's evident the roster is better, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, what what are you anticipating this season? Is you know, it's actually funny, Need, if you think about it, they're a better roster, right? You, you know, their over under was going into last year. Six and a half. Win total. Seven and a half. Right, well, six and a you half. You know what it is this year? It was seven and a half. It was it was surprisingly right. very high. You know what it is? We all thought that was high. You know what it is this year? Seven. Go ahead. Seven and a half again. I thought it was six. Seven and a half. I thought it was six and a half. It's the same. I, I mean, you could, you you so, could you could find it a variety of you better. could find it a variety of. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I said, so the reality is they can be better, but pretty much have the same record. I think they'll be a playoff contender. Uh, they'll have to have some things work in their favor. Last year that they did. Uh, Daniel Jones will have to continue to grow. The weapons, obviously, are better for him. He's in a better spot to be successful. Uh, but that schedule is much tougher. Think about it. Uh, primetime games, they're in Buffalo. On a Sunday night, that's a tough, you know, like, good luck. There's, there's basically no team in the NFL that's going to win that kind of game, right? You play in San Francisco on a Thursday night. These kind of games did not exist on their schedule last year. And then, obviously, taking care of the division, the Giants went one, what, one, seven, and one in their, uh, yeah, they play, no, they played seven, seven games. So one, six, and one, or one, five, and one, sorry in division games last year. So uh, the division is still tough. I get it. Some people like Washington. The roster is pretty good. But the quarterback situation is a huge question mark. So I have trouble saying, seeing them come ahead of the Giants. But I still do think the Giants are behind the Cowboys and they're behind the Eagles. That's that's a fair statement. Those, those are two really good rosters, maybe two of the three best rosters in the NFC. Again, Jordan Renaud joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you uh, quite frequently as training camp progresses. Thank you, my friend. You got it, Anita. Have a great show. You got it. 800-919-3776. You want to chime in on the Giants? do, Do you feel they'll finish last in the division below Washington? I just, I don't see it. It's a much, and, and, and Jordan makes excellent points, right? Having to play at Buffalo, having to play at San Francisco. Um, I just, this is such a, a much better team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I, I don't see it. Do you? 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you. We'll be right back right here on 98.7 ESPN.